chapter four part three of the city that was by stephen smith this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter four new york the unclean part three intestinal diseases as cholera infantum diarrhoea dysentery typhoid fever etc which arise from or are intensely aggravated by the emanations from putrescible material in streets courts and alleys or from cesspools privies drain-pipes sewers etc were prevalent in the tenant-house districts creating as usual a vast amount of sickness and a large infant mortality very generally these diseases were directly traceable to the decomposing filth and in some instances were stopped by the removal of the nuisance the inspector of the eighth ward reports cholera infantum has probably consigned many more to the grave during the past summer than all other diseases in my inspection district in every case examined i have found it associated with some well-marked course of insalubrity vegetable and animal decomposition have been the most prominent causes that fifty per cent die from preventable causes in my inspection district i do not doubt the inspector of the sixth ward says the mortality among children is fearfully high many families having lost all their children others four out of five or six the inspector of the ninth ward says he found among the people living near the mouth of an open sewer that no less than twenty-nine cases of dysentery and diarrhoea five of which had terminated fatally had occurred during the three weeks immediately preceding his inspection he adds now when we take into consideration the fact that there are only twenty-two dwellings on this square a considerable portion of it being occupied by a large lumber-yard and that all these cases had occurred within a period of about twenty-one days the ratio becomes appalling how many cases may have occurred subsequently i have not sought to ascertain my time being fully occupied in the inspection of the other parts of my district but a still more direct and specific action of the poisonous emanations proceeding from this obstructed sewerage manifested itself in the dwelling on the corner of west and gonsevoort street which is in the closest proximity to the outlet of the sewer here i learned upon inquiry that typhoid fever had prevailed almost continuously during the preceding winter and i found three severe cases of dysentery at the time of my visit but i will not occupy time with further details of the evidence which this inspection furnishes of the vast accumulation of the causes of unhealthiness which exist in new york and of the wide prevalence of contagious diseases arising therefrom or aggravated thereby the next point of inquiry is as to the effect of these conditions upon the public health of the city our constituted health authorities claim that notwithstanding this excessive concentration of the causes of disease around and in the homes of half of our population the death rate of new york is very low to properly understand this statement we must inquire what is the rate of death from inevitable causes 
it has been estimated by careful writers on vital statistics that seventeen in one thousand living persons annually die from inevitable causes that is in a community of a thousand persons living under circumstances such that persons die only from old age cancer casualties etc seventeen will die annually and no more and this number is the maximum that will die without the occurrence of some disease due to a removable cause taking this standard as the absolute necessary death rate we can readily estimate the number of unnecessary or preventable deaths which occur in any community says the registrar-general of england twentieth annual report any deaths in a people exceeding seventeen in one thousand annually are unnatural deaths if the people were shot drowned burnt poisoned by strychnine their deaths would not be more unnatural than the deaths wrought clandestinely by diseases in excess of the quota of natural death that is in excess of seventeen in one thousand living taking this as the standard let us see how the death rate of new york compares with it it is claimed by the city officials that notwithstanding the vast accumulation of the universally recognized causes of disease new york has a low death rate it is not reasonable to suppose this statement true nor is it true as will presently appear it is stated very truly in the city inspector's report for eighteen sixty three that it is only by taking a connected view of a period of years that a correct judgment can be formed of the state of health of a city and upon this basis let us determine what is the mortality of new york take the eleven years preceding the last census viz eighteen sixty excluding however eighteen fifty four the year of the cholera i select this period because it includes the three last census returns and it is only where we have the census returns with the mortality records that we have accurate data for our estimates now the city inspector's own records reports of eighteen sixty three page one ninety two show that during the period referred to the death rate of new york city was never below twenty eight in the thousand and twice exceeded forty in the thousand the average being as high as thirty three in the thousand these deductions are made directly from the city inspector's reports and as they are claimed to be infallible these conclusions cannot be controverted now when you remember that the highest death rate fixed by sanitary writers for inevitable deaths is seventeen in a thousand and that all deaths above that standard are considered preventable it is apparent what a fearful sacrifice of life there is in new york estimated at the very minimum death rate of the last decennial period viz twenty-eight in one thousand new york annually lost eleven from preventable deaths in a thousand of her population or upwards of seven thousand yearly on an average giving the enormous sum total for this period of seventy-seven thousand preventable deaths it may be urged that cities never can attain to this standard of healthfulness but english writers maintain that the rate of seventeen in the thousand is the true measure of the public health and that even the most populous towns may yet be brought up to it nor can we doubt that there is much plausibility in the assertion when we find the mortality in philadelphia fall to eighteen in a thousand and that of london gradually descend from thirty in a thousand to twenty-two in a thousand 
it is maintained also that new york has a lower death rate than london or philadelphia let us see how far this assertion is sustained by the records of the health authorities of those cities during the decennial period preceding but including eighteen sixty and excluding eighteen fifty four as in the former comparison the minimum mortality in london was twenty in a thousand the maximum twenty-four in a thousand the mean about twenty-two in a thousand these figures are from the registrar-general reports the rate of mortality of philadelphia for the same period was as follows minimum eighteen in a thousand maximum twenty-three in a thousand mean about twenty in a thousand these figures are from the report of dr jewell long the able health officer of that city placed in their proper relation these mortality statistics read as follows the number of deaths to the one thousand living for the ten years eighteen fifty to eighteen sixty inclusive but exclusive of eighteen fifty four is for london minimum twenty maximum twenty four average twenty two philadelphia eighteen minimum maximum twenty three average twenty new york minimum twenty eight maximum forty one average thirty three if then new york had as low an average death rate as philadelphia she would have saved thirteen in a thousand of her population during that period or in eighteen sixty ten thousand five hundred and seventy seven these figures may seem excessive but they are careful deductions from the annual returns of the several cities and yet it is reiterated year after year by the city inspector that new york city at this day can lay claim to the privilege of being numbered with the most healthy in the world with what consummate justice did dr jewell administer this withering rebuke to our pretentious official it is unnecessary he says in his report of eighteen sixty to comment upon this extraordinary statement when the above figures contradict so positively the assertion it is to be regretted that the inspector had not availed himself of the above statistical information which would have obliged him to have presented a widely different statement although one indicating a more severe pressure of sanitary evils upon the health of their population than his report develops but excessive as is this death rate it is not the full measure of the penalty which we pay to the demon of filth a high death rate from the diseases which it engenders or intensifies always implies a large amount of sickness it is estimated by competent authority that there are twenty-eight cases of sickness for every death on this basis of estimate what an enormous amount of unnecessary sickness exists in our midst nor is this a mere supposition i have an accurate census of many groups of families of that portion of our population who live immured in filth and here we find the constant sickness rate excessive it is no uncommon thing to find it fifty sixty and seventy per cent i wish now to call your attention to the fact that great as is our mortality and sickness rate its excess is not equally distributed over the entire population but falls exclusively upon the poor and helpless one half at least of the population of new york have a death rate no higher than the people of a healthy country town while the death pressure upon the other half is frightfully severe 
for example the seventeenth ward which is inhabited principally by the wealthy class and has but few tenant houses has a death rate of but seventeen in a thousand or only the death rate from inevitable causes but the sixth and fourth wards which are occupied by the labouring classes have a death rate varying from thirty-six to forty in a thousand thus it appears that while the average death rate of the city is very high it is principally sustained by those wards where the tenant-house population is the most numerous we find this excess of mortality just where we found the causes of diseases existing most numerously and when we sift the matter further we find that the excess of mortality is not even equally distributed over these populous poor wards but it is concentrated upon individual tenant-houses for example while the mortality of the sixth ward is nearly forty in a thousand the mortality of its large tenant-houses is as high as sixty to seventy in a thousand the following is a recent census of a large but not exceptional tenant-house of that ward number of families in the house seventy-four persons three hundred and forty-nine deaths eighteen or fifty-three in a thousand constant sickness one in three deaths of children one in six or at the rate of sixteen in a thousand the following table illustrates the distribution of the mortality of new york among the different classes of inhabitants at the last census average mortality of entire city twenty eight in a thousand mortality of better class ten to seventeen in a thousand mortality of tenant house fifty to sixty in a thousand but i should not do justice to this branch of inquiry without noticing the alleged causes of the high mortality of new york the first is the large foreign immigration the reliance to be placed upon that scapegoat may be readily shown immigration occurs to this country under two conditions one the emigrant is driven from home by famine in which case the poorer class emigrate or two he is allured by advantages for labor or business when the middle classes principally emigrate now it is under the latter circumstances that immigration generally takes place to the united states this is seen in the vast sums of money which the immigrants now annually bring and the amounts which they return to their friends as the result of their labor this class is always very hardy and healthy as is proved by the small mortality that occurs in transitu being but four point thirty one per cent for ten years besides we have the official statements of the commissioners of emigration that but three per cent remain in the city but the city inspector himself shows the utter fallacy of this alleged cause of excessive mortality in his report for eighteen sixty in which he makes the true explanation and attributes it to its proper cause whatever increased mortality arises from immigrants he says most of the children who arrive in this city from foreign ports although suffering from the effects of a protracted voyage bad accommodations and worse fare do not bring with them any marked disease beyond those which with proper care nursing and wholesome air could not be easily overcome 
the causes of this excessive mortality must be searched for in this city and are readily traceable to the wretched habitations in which parents and children are forced to take up their abode in the contracted alleys the tenement houses with its hundreds of occupants where each cooks eats and sleeps in a single room without light or ventilation surrounded with filth an atmosphere of foul fetid and deadly with none to console with or advise them or to apply to for relief when disease invades them again it is alleged that the floating population causes the excess of deaths but it has been established by dr playfair that the floating population is the most healthy the same is true of wandering tribes of a moving army and equally of individuals but when they fix their habitations or encamp that moment the causes of diseases begin to gather about them and unless sanitary regulations are carefully observed diseases such as fever diarrheal affections etc begin to prevail the poor population of new york is to-day but an immense army in camp upon small territory crowded into old filthy dwellings and without the slightest police regulation for cleanliness if this army should abandon its camp and begin a roving life in the country all the diseases now prevalent would disappear and it must be added that if these deserted and uncleaned tenements should immediately be filled by healthy people from the country the new tenants would at once begin to suffer from all the pestilential diseases now indigenous to that part of the city i have now laid before you as briefly as possible the accumulated evidence that new york is to-day full to repletion with all the causes which originate and intensify the most loathsome and fatal diseases known to mankind this evidence proves that at least half a million of its population are literally submerged in filth and half stifled in an atmosphere charged with all the elements of death i have demonstrated that the legitimate fruits of her sanitary evils is an excessively high death rate and a correspondingly large sickness rate the all-important question which now concerns us as citizens and you as practical legislators is can these evils be remedied we answer yes in the first place the cities can be kept clean other cities accomplish this object and therefore new york can and we have striking illustrative examples in certain portions of the city the streets are as clean as this floor they are swept daily and scarcely a particle of dust is left in the streets or gutters the year round but they are cleaned by private contract of the people residing upon them what individual enterprise can do for whole squares surely a corporation so lavish in money as new york ought to be able to do for the city at large the courts alleys cesspools and privies can be cleansed and kept in good condition there are tenant houses which are as clean in all their alleys courts and cellars as the best kept private houses there are dwellings for the poor in which the landlord takes a special interest what is done for the surroundings of one of these houses may be done for all but the tenant houses of the worst class may be quickly placed in a good sanitary condition the inspectors furnish many examples of this fact they were frequently mistaken in their inspection for an official and when their visit to the tenant houses was reported to the landlord he hastened to renovate the building 
some of the most filthy quarters were so completely changed within forty-eight hours that the inspectors could scarcely recognize the locality the inspector of the eighth ward says the sanitary improvement in my district during the progress of my inspection was plainly visible exceedingly filthy places overflowing cesspools and privies which were numerous in my first visit were suddenly cleaned often upon my second visit with paper and pencil in my hand to sketch the filthy scene i would find the quarters cleaned and whitewashed and the air instead of being laden with disagreeable odours would be comparatively pure and wholesome many of these sudden transitions were from fear of the presumption that my inspection had some official authority but the greater part were brought about by explaining to the people the necessity of cleanliness pools of filthy water from obstructions in the street corners and accumulated along the gutters would quickly disappear when the people could be convinced of the deleterious effect upon the public health it will be well for the inhabitants of new york city and especially for those of this section when there shall be laws not only to compel them to keep their houses and surroundings clean and free from the effluvia resulting from vegetable and animal decomposition but to prevent the overcrowding of tenant houses where fatal diseases are generated and where death walks around the tenant-house population is susceptible of infinite improvement when once rescued from the reign of filth and restored to a pure atmosphere and clean homes the poor live in these wretched tenements because they are compelled to and not from choice they universally complain that they cannot escape from domestic and street filth it surrounds and pervades their habitations always accumulating and never diminishing the most tidy housewife compelled to live in the midst of this ocean of rubbish with all its degrading associations soon finds the same level and from this she can be rescued only by giving her again a clean and well-ordered home and such a home every municipal government is bound to secure to the poorest and humblest citizen let the landlord be compelled to keep his house in good repair supply it with an abundance of pure water connect the privy with the sewer open free ventilation afford means for removal of garbage and then keep a careful oversight of his tenants enforcing cleanliness if this were done the tenant-house people would immediately improve and the death rate if we may judge from other cities would fall one-fourth again the cellar population can be removed from their subterranean abodes and placed in better homes liverpool has solved this problem for us in eighteen forty seven that city had a cellar population of twenty thousand an ordinance was passed forbidding the occupation of underground rooms as residences with certain restrictions and within three years the great mass of people in these subterranean haunts were removed to better tenements with a great reduction of the mortality of that city that city formerly the most unhealthy in england has continued the reforms thus inaugurated by compelling landlords to improve their tenant-houses and the result is that it has become one of the healthiest towns of europe london has recently taken similar action in regard to cellar tenements what these cities have done new york can and ought to do for her public health 
what the diseases which prevail with such fatality in the uncleaned tenant-houses are for the most part preventable we have the most undoubted evidence that smallpox is preventable is known to every schoolboy and yet that loathsome disease to-day prevails throughout all the tenant-house districts of new york without the slightest restraint on the part of our local authorities typhus is to-day ravaging the homes of the poor without let or hindrance and yet cleanliness and pure air are sure preventatives of this truth these reports furnish many examples the fever nest west thirty-third street is one of a row of tenant-houses five stories high and contains sixteen families it was in a filthy condition without croton water waste-pipe stopped sinks overflowing and emitting offensive odors fever had prevailed all winter nearly every person in the house having had an attack four having died it was never inspected by a city official the owner was induced to clean the house and from that date not a case of fever has occurred the inspector who reports this case very justly adds if when the first case of fever occurred in this building the owner had been compelled to put it in a good sanitary condition six human lives would undoubtedly have been saved besides a great amount of sickness cholera infantum and diarrheal affections are found in their greatest intensity where putrescible animal matter and domestic filth exist remove these causes or remove the patients from the neighbourhood and these diseases generally disappear at once diphtheria is found to be most intense in the vicinity of unclean stables it is therefore with great propriety that the entire class of zymotic diseases are now called filth and foul air diseases by the english sanitary writers remove the filth and foul air and these diseases disappear as effect follows cause but while it is admitted that the streets of a town may be cleaned the condition of the poor improved and diseases under the most favourable circumstances prevented it may be doubted whether the sanitary condition of populous towns can be materially changed and the death rate greatly reduced yet in england where sanitary science is enthusiastically cultivated there is not only no doubt that large towns can be thus improved but that the mortality of london itself may be no greater than that of the country already indeed the london times boasts that the average of health throughout the city of london is higher than the average of health throughout all england taking town and country together the mortality in all england is at the rate of twenty two point eight in every thousand of the population in the city of london it is at the rate of twenty two point three for every one thousand inhabitants the improvement has been progressive it has been slow but steady and sure gradually the mortality has decreased until the yearly death toll of three thousand seven hundred and sixty three has been reduced to two thousand nine hundred and four within a period of nine years during which the city has been under the rule of the sanitary commission the deaths this year twenty two point three per thousand or one in every forty five of the inhabitants are nine per cent below the general average and represent a saving of two hundred and eighty six lives and secondly this gratifying result has been obtained in the face of obstacles which seem to be almost insurmountable 
liverpool affords a striking example of the power of sanitary measures rigidly enforced to improve the public health it was formerly the most unhealthy city of england being the very home of typhus smallpox and allied preventable diseases but it adopted vigorous measures of reform improving its poorer districts and the death rate has fallen eight in a thousand mecclesfield salisbury and many other english towns have had their mortality reduced eight ten and fifteen in a thousand by the vigorous prosecution of sanitary improvements all the populous towns of that country are moving in this reform and as a result the general death rate of towns is approximating that of the country the health officer of london announced that cleanliness would preserve a town from the visitations of epidemics but there must be cleanliness of the streets cleanliness of the courts cleanliness of the apartments and cleanliness of the person on the approach of the cholera in eighteen forty nine the town of worcester england determined to test the theory and set vigorously to work and cleaned the town thoroughly removing everything of an offensive nature and adopting the most stringent regulations against the accumulation of filth about or within the homes of the people the result was that this destroyer of unclean cities made a passover with the people of worcester for on every lintel and doorpost was written cleanliness cleanliness not a house was entered and the town was saved in the midst of the most frightful desolation new orleans is another striking example of the value of civic cleanliness since by military regulations it is kept constantly in a cleanly condition it has had no visitation of its old enemy yellow fever the degree of public health of a town is therefore measured by its cleanliness and its capacity for health depends upon its capacity for cleanliness there is scarcely a city which has such absolute need of an efficient and intelligent sanitary government as new york on its small territory three four or five millions are yet to be accommodated with houses already there are crowded upon less than eight of its thirty-two square miles all of our commercial business and manufacturing interests and the houses of nearly a million of people and in the natural relations of the poor and rich the former consisting of more than half of the entire population are crowded into less than a fourth of this area of what vast importance is it that a wise and intelligent authority be vigilantly exercised so that in its future growth and expansion every condition pertaining to health shall be secured to its inhabitants it is universally conceded that new york has in the highest degree all the natural advantages of salubrity its climate is the mean between the extremes of heat and cold its topographical peculiarities are admirably adapted for drainage and sewerage its exposure is southern its shores are swept by two rivers which bear seaward everything that enters them beyond the power of the flowing tide to return it its rural surroundings are of the most healthful in every respect it is regarded by competent observers as most favorably located for cleanliness and the highest degree of public health and there can be no doubt that should new york be placed under a wise sanitary government which would improve all its natural advantages for health it would become the cleanest and healthiest city in the world and one of the most delightful places of residence 
but this is not a matter which concerns the citizens of new york alone the people of the state have a vital interest in the public health of our city connected as it is by means of rapid intercommunication with all parts of the country there is every facility offered for the wide diffusion of the seeds of contagion it is estimated by accurate statisticians that no less than two hundred and fifty thousand persons pass in and out of new york daily over the ferries and railroads it could not fail to happen that if any contagious disease prevailed in this city it would be carried into the country and widely disseminated and such is now a matter of daily occurrence there is no doubt that nearly all the epidemics of smallpox in country towns and much of the typhus and similar diseases have their origin in new york i have in my hand letters from all parts of the state confirming this statement they strikingly illustrate the want of a good sanitary police in new york and the power of a great commercial centre to scatter disease broadcast over the country a few of these cases will abundantly illustrate the point dr j s sprague of cooperstown otsego county reports the occurrence of twenty-six cases of smallpox in that town communicated by one person in october eighteen sixty who took the disease at a hotel in our city in which a person with the disease had recently died he was a merchant and came to the city on business dr c c f gay of buffalo reports the case of a female who arrived from new york in november eighteen sixty and was removed from the cars of the erie railroad to the state line road and proceeded westward as was afterward ascertained she had smallpox and communicated the disease at columbus ohio where there were three deaths produced by it four deaths were directly traceable to this exposure viz three milkmen and one baggage man all of whom came in contact with the sick woman w t babbitt mentions the case of a young man who took the disease in this city at a hotel where it was prevailing at which he stopped while on a visit here in whom the disease appeared after his return to Olion in cataraugus county dr m jarvis of conestoga madison county relates the case of a man who visited this city with horses for sale and was attacked with symptoms of smallpox some ten days after his return to smithfield in that county who communicated the disease to his family from whom it spread to others in that and also in a neighboring town dr c m noble of waverly delaware county mentions the case of a merchant of that place who came to this city with his wife and went to one of our most frequented hotels being very much fatigued they retired to the room provided for them without any particular examination of it but found in the morning that they had been put in a room from which a patient with smallpox had just been removed without its having been cleansed the gentleman was seized with a malignant form of that disease after his return home two deaths and six cases of smallpox and varioloid resulted from this case dr s w turner of chester connecticut gives also two cases one of smallpox and one of varioloid in that and a neighboring place which could be traced to this city dr snow the vigilant health officer of providence rhode island states that smallpox is rarely known in that city except when imported from new york 
i could repeat these details until it was shown that nearly every town in the state and nearly every city in the country has been inoculated by new york with this loathsome disease the most striking and most melancholy instances of the free dissemination of contagion are found in the army where whole regiments have been stricken with smallpox through infected clothing manufactured at the homes of the poor where the disease was prevailing but these are facts too well known to every medical man and even to the community to require further illustration what terror smallpox creates in country towns when it attacks its first victim you very well know the house where it occurs is quarantined and not unfrequently the sufferer is deserted by his friends and left to recover or die as the case may be business with the country is often suspended by the placards posted upon the highways with the terrifying word smallpox upon them and a finger pointing ominously to the town in nine cases out of ten another finger should point toward new york as the source of the pestilence it has been estimated by a competent observer that every case of smallpox in a country town costs by derangement of business alone more money than is annually expended upon its public schools if we add to this pecuniary loss the feverish excitement and popular apprehension and the sufferings and probable death of the victim from want of proper care we may but indifferently estimate the cost to the country of the prevalence of this disease now this diffusion of contagion from new york we contend is unnecessary every well-informed medical man knows that we may have a sanitary police so vigilant so efficient and so powerful that it will not only preserve the public health but prevent the spread of disease therefrom we hold therefore that you are not only called upon to protect the people of the city of new york from contagious disease but equally that you are bound to protect the people of the state from dissemination of pestilence by every legislative safeguard which sanitary science can suggest the sanitary committee of the board of health during the prevalence of cholera in eighteen forty nine remark in their report the labors of your committee during the past appalling season of sickness and death and the awful scenes of degradation misery and filth have brought into full view the fact that we have no sanitary police worthy of the name that we are unprotected by that watchful regard over the public health which common sense dictates to be necessary for the security of our lives the maintenance of the city's reputation and the preservation of the interests of the inhabitants this is a perfectly truthful statement of the present condition of new york practically it is a city without any sanitary government in its growth it is developing the natural history of a city that utterly ignores all rules and regulations which tend to make the homes of its people pleasant and healthy it is the only city in the civilized world which disregards the platonic idea that in a model republic medical men should be selected to preserve and promote the public health its board of health the mayor and common council is an unwieldy body its commissioners of health have limited powers and are equally incompetent the city inspector's department which alone has the machinery for sanitary inspection and surveillance is a gigantic imposture 
of its forty-four health wardens whose duty it should be to make house-to-house -house inspections searching out the cause of disease and using every known agency for the control and suppression of epidemics many are liquor dealers and all are grossly ignorant not one has any knowledge of medical subjects nor dare they freely visit such diseases as smallpox typhus or cholera during this entire voluntary inspection extending over six months health wardens have rarely been known to visit infected quarters although smallpox fever etc etc have been prevalent and the city has been in a most disgracefully filthy condition a single health warden recently ventured to visit a house where smallpox existed in an upper room he sent for the attendant and when he appeared ordered her not to approach him he gave the following as the best means of prevention burn camphor on the stove and hang bags of camphor about the necks of the children to what depth of humiliation must that community have descended which tolerates as its sanitary officers men who are not only utterly disqualified by education business and moral character but who have not even the poor qualification of courage to perform their duties but perhaps the most decisive proof of the utter and hopeless inefficiency of our multiform health arrangements is found in the fact that all the evils from which we now suffer have grown up under their care a late city inspector thus emphatically gave expression to the popular feeling in regard to existing organizations with such a system can there be a wonder that the sanitary condition of the city is not improved nor must the consideration be kept from view that the members of the common council the board of health and commissioners of health are all from the manner of their appointment subject to partisan influence to expect a perfect sanitary system under such a condition of things is to expect an impossibility the medical officer of health for the city of london a gentleman of large experience thus defines a health organization capable of answering the demands of a large and growing town the object of this organization lies in a word inspection inspection of the most constant most searching most intelligent and most trustworthy kind is that in which the provisional management of our sanitary affairs must essentially consist the results of this work of voluntary sanitary inspection which i have before me prove on every page the truth of the above statement no health organization without daily inspection would have any efficiency of the value of such thorough inspection in the suppression of epidemics and in the prevention of disease there are abundant examples the people of a populous town of england becoming alarmed at the approach of cholera in eighteen forty nine organized a corps of inspectors whose duty it was to visit from house to house and inquire for cases of premonitory diarrhoea and when found to apply the remedy at once the result was that cholera did not visit that town the same systematic house-to-house -house visitation was adopted in some poor districts of london in eighteen fifty four and there was an almost complete exemption of those parts of the city while some quarters of the wealthy which were not under such surveillance suffered severely 
but it is essential that this inspection should be by thoroughly qualified medical men and it must consist in a house-to-house -house visitation disease must be sought for found its incipient history completely made out the causes upon which it depends reported and its remedy suggested every case of death should be visited and all the circumstances attending the development of the disease if it belonged to the preventable class should be rigidly investigated and reported in order that the central bureau may apply the proper remedy striking examples of the value of medical sanitary inspection are furnished by this voluntary organization one inspector found diarrheal affections very prevalent in a settlement in an uptown ward and for a long time was baffled in his efforts to discover the cause he was finally led to examine the water of a neighboring well which the people used this water appeared to be of an excellent quality but on examination by professor draper it was found to contain a large amount of organic matter derived either from a sewer or privy professor draper pronounced it liquid poison the mystery was at once solved and the proper remedy suggested in another instance a very contagious disease was found in a tenant-house and after a long course of inquiry it was at length discovered that a washerwoman living in the basement had taken in sailors clothing the sailors were found the ship visited from which they came and there the disease was found none but medical men can prosecute such investigations with success or suggest the proper remedy if such a corps of sanitary inspectors were daily patrolling their districts visiting from house to house searching out sanitary evils advising and aiding the people in the adoption of preventive measures no epidemics of smallpox typhus scarlet fever or cholera would ever gain more than a transient foothold the sanitary inspector would truly become an officer of health and would be everywhere welcome the remedy for our evils must be apparent and this remedy is suggested in such terse unqualified language by the city inspector above quoted that i call the attention of the committee especially to this remark as a proper guide in your deliberations in the city inspector's report for eighteen sixty one we find the following the stay of pestilence to be effectual must be prompt and equally prompt must be the interposition of barriers against the introduction of disease which may be kept back but once introduced can with difficulty be checked or extirpated for these reasons there should be a power existing in other hands that may be ready to be used at the moment the exigency may arise the remedy apparent to every one must consist in the adoption of laws transferring the power of sanitary regulations to some other authority of a different order of instruction in sanitary science the first groundwork of reform in the opinion of the undersigned is to bestow upon some other body differently constituted all power over the sanitary affairs of the city and until this is done all other proposals of reform will be deprived of their essentially beneficial features to escape present complications is the first great point to be gained and this point secured simplicity promptness and efficiency may be substituted for inefficiency complication and delay 
accepting this as the first step in reform the practical question arises how shall that body be constituted to which is to be confided the sanitary interests of new york if the experience of other large cities is of any value or indeed if we rely simply on common sense the following are indispensable prerogatives in any well-organized health board one it should be independent of all political influence and above all partisan control two it should combine executive ability with a profound knowledge of disease and the proper measures of prevention to this end the board should be composed in part of men especially accustomed to the dispatch of business and in part of medical men of great skill and experience three it should have a corps of skilled medical officers as inspectors which should be the eyes the ears in a word the senses of the board in every part of the city searching out disease investigating the causes which give rise to it the conditions under which it exists the means of its propagation and the most effectual mode of its suppression it should have a close alliance with the police which must be its arm of power in the prompt and efficient execution of its orders End of chapter four part three